Devil's Food, where we talk about true crime every Wednesday. I thought you're about to say a different day, and it got me a little nervous. I was like, "It's Wednesday, Kayla. It's, it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Kayla. Gosh darn it! It's Wednesday. <laughs> hump day, hump day." So right before we started recording, we were jamming out—not really jamming out, but we were singing a cappella, like the amazing sweet angels that we are. Because the topic we are talking about today is uh she was a big singer and we know probably well we thought of one song <laughs> and we were singing it we can't admit that we have only heard i only know one song because my friend sadie would kill me i know a couple of songs i'm not going to sit here and say like i know every single song because that would be a lie but i do know a few songs i know a lot of the songs are in spanish so i don't speak spanish that was your hint not your hint, but our listeners' hint. Yeah. Because I know you had no idea. Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> clueless. So today, we are talking about Selena. Not Selena Gomez. Not Selena Gomez. The Selena. The Selena that Selena Gomez was named after. Is that factual? Pretty sure. Okay. I'm not 100%. Don't sue me over that. Don't quote <laughs> But Selena was born, Selena Gomez was born when, around the same time, the Selena tragically passed. So I think it's around the same time. That's probably. And she was also born in the same area where, like, Selena was super popular. Hmm. Pretty sure. Don't quote me on that either. You want me to Google it? (laughs) I'm going to go with it. (laughs) Okay, we'll just just take it and run. I did not expect to have a Selena Gomez. (laughs) conversation i just wanted to make sure people knew that we weren't talking about the selena gomez no (laughs) we are talking about selena hold on i gotta make sure i say her last name correctly because selena has like a very very hispanic well she's hispanic but she has a very uh devout fan base absolutely selena quintanilla I'm glad you said that and not me, because I wouldn't be able to. I'm not even sure I said it correctly. I have a lot of respect for Miss Selena, so if I said that wrong, it's not said, not said out of uh, bad intent. <laughs> so today we are talking about Selena, who was an American Tejano singer, who was known as the Queen of Tejano Music. She had a huge influence in music and fashion in the late 20th century, a.k.a. the 1900s. Mm. Hate that. Making her one of the most celebrated Mexican-American entertainers. I know she was a big reason people wore red lipstick a lot. Mm -hmm. That was her whole She had a huge influence on fashion and Mm -hmm. style back then, which we'll get into a little bit more. Yeah, I remember it was like maybe five or six years ago, but I watched the movie. I watched the movie. I watched the movie when I was a kid. Because I, as a child, I didn't really watch, like, Sesame Street. I watched... <laughs> you watched dramas? I wa- Yes. I watched, uh, like, celebrity biopics. <laughs> so I always knew of celebrities that, like, as a child, no other kids knew. Hmm. So I knew about Selena. I wasn't very popular. <laughs> hey, I feel you. I feel you. So Selena was originally from Corpus Christi texas 
and Selena sang with her older brother and sister in their band that their father named Selena y los Dinos. Her father was named Abraham. Abraham plays a huge part in this story. Mm -hmm. So Abraham had been in a band when he was younger, and he made sure that music was very much in his kids' lives. Mm -hmm. Music was very important to him. And he ended up becoming the band's manager and promoting them. Okay. He was like the, not the momager, the dadager. The dadager. Yes. He said that when Selena was about six years old, she had perfect timing and pitch. And from day one, he knew that there was something special. So he had a Tex-Mex restaurant when they were kids. And he would actually have the kids perform at the restaurant as a band. But the... Uh, the restaurant ended up closing after about a year. So then his the dad, Abraham, became the manager full-time. Oh, okay. So the band would play at weddings and quinceaneras. They would play uh, street corners. Anywhere that the dad could get them to play, they played. So they would, like, busk and stuff. Hmm? Like, busking? Like, when you go stand on a street corner and you sing? Yeah. Okay. So any gig that would basically put food on the table because they were kind of, like... Not really the breadwinners of the family, mm-hmm. but they were definitely helping support the family. Got it. And Selena was still a child at this point. Mm-hmm. So by 1995, she was uh, 23 years old, and Selena was, like, on top of the world. Oh, wow. Like, she hadn't even reached her prime time. Like, she was just skyrocketing to absolute success. She was still performing with her siblings, and now her husband, who was Chris Perez, he was a guitarist, and he was in the band as well. Mm-hmm. And they were still managed by Abraham. And she had become the queen of Tejano music. So she was, like, on top of the world. Um, also, if you don't know what Tejano music is... I was about to ask because I've never heard that word before in my life. I had heard her music. I didn't realize that's, like, the genre it was. Uh-huh. So it's described as being a very male-dominated genre. It's a Spanish... Spanish language genre with German influences of polka, jazz, and country music that was very mm. popular with the Mexicans in the United States. Polka. I think it's just like very like, like really fast uplifting, pace. fast, yeah. party, that type of music. Got it. So Dahana music was a very male-dominated industry, like I mentioned. So much so that when she was really young, she couldn't even get jobs for the longest time because she was a girl. Ew. Abraham would try to book the kids' gigs, and the venue owners basically told him that because of Selena's age, well, her and all of her siblings, they were all kids, and the fact that she was the girl, a girl, he was basically wasting his time and to find something else to do. Ew, I hate that. Mm-hmm. However, by the time she's 23 years old... She had won 10 Hano Awards for Female Vocalist of the Year. Mm-hmm. She had won a Grammy. Uh, she'd also won Alma Awards, which is also the American Latino uh, Media Awards. She had multiple LP records, a, self, a top-selling self-titled album, and she was in the process of recording her first all-English album. She had taken over the market, and she was ready to go to mainstream music. She was a huge regional star in Texas and in that area. Okay. But she was getting ready to, like, take over the nation. Like, she was becoming a household name. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. If that wasn't enough, in 1994, she opened two boutiques that she called Selena, etc. One was in Corpus Christi and the other was in San Antonio. She helped design all the clothes and her boutiques were unique in the sense that not only could you shop there... 
but they were also beauty salons. Oh. So you could get your nails done and your hair done while you shopped. That's awesome. I so, wish something like that existed nowadays. I'd be tearing that shit I up. Know. So I watched a video of like her doing like her little grand opening tour. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought this was genius. And I'm so mad that most salons don't have this. Because I've never seen it ever. So she came up with a way that every single station where you'd get your hair done had a sink. Oh. So basically, you know, like there's like the counter where like all the salon, uh, the hairstylist tools and stuff are. Yeah. Basically, that counter would lift up and there would be a sink underneath of it. For like washing the hair? Yeah. Oh. So you would never have to get up out of your chair and walk through the salon with wet hair. That is revolutionary. Yeah, like the chair would spin around, it would recline back, and you'd never have to get up. No, I gotta walk through the salon <laughs> looking like a fucking goblin. Like a wet rat. Yeah. <laughs> and my hair is always long, so like it's always like a towel like hanging really awkwardly <laughs> at my neck. No, you're telling me I could just sit in my chair and not have to leave? Right. Why isn't this a normal thing? <laughs> uh, why? <laughs> So between 1993 and 1994, Selena was ranked as one of the most wealthiest Hispanic musicians, and her boutiques made her about $5 million. Oh. So she was killing it. Sounds like it. She was just destroying. Oh, yeah. So even though she was successful, Selena was always described as being kind and humble and down-to-earth, but a very extroverted and bubbly personality. And she was also very active in charities. She hosted a charity baseball game. She donated money to schools and offered free concerts at schools for kids as, like, an incentive for doing well. Oh. So she was a huge advocate for education and keeping kids in schools and keeping kids away from drugs and alcohol. Selena was truly an icon and was doing amazing things, but she was very busy. She could not do everything all at once. I mean, it sounds like she was busy. She had a lot going on. Yeah. So, she needed someone to help manage one of her boutiques, and when her family was trying to figure out who to hire, someone had an, someone had an idea. They knew of somebody. So, there was a woman that the family knew and trusted named Yolanda Saldivar. Yolanda. It's all coming back to me now. <laughs> so, Yolanda was originally from San Antonio, Texas, but lived in Corpus Christi, and she had originally been a nurse. So, Yola- Yolanda went to one of Selena's concerts in 1991, and she immediately became a fan. Just obsessed. Like, just loved her, was immediately immediately a fan. She said this concert was like a life-changing experience for her. And after the show, she searched for basically like all the stands for a souvenir. Like, she wanted a t-shirt or a keychain or something. But she couldn't find anything. So she got the idea to start the Selena Fan Club in San Antonio. So she decided to contact Abraham about starting the fan club. According to Abraham, she left him about 15 messages. That's excessive. However, she claimed she only left three. I don't know, Yolanda. <laughs> I think we're on the side of Abraham here. Mm-hmm. They did meet up, and Abraham granted her permission to start the fan club, which Selena was all about. Whenever she met fans, she wanted to be humble and down-to-earth, and she wanted to connect with her fans. And whenever she met with a fan, like during a meet-and-greet or whatever, Mm -hmm. she always wanted them to feel like they were talking to a best friend. Like, she really valued her fans. So the idea of having a fan running her fan club and doing all that, like, really meant a lot to her. Oh, I bet. So Yolanda became the founder and acting president of the fan club. 
She was responsible for membership benefits and collecting membership dues. So basically for $22 a month, fans would receive a uh, Selena swag bag, which I think for $22 is not bad. I mean, maybe nowadays, but back in the 90s, $22 is a lot of money. I was going to say, back then it's probably like, it probably was like 50 <laughs> Inflation. Inflation. So they would get merch and like shirts, tour and concert updates, updates on Selena, anything that a fan would want, basically. Mm-hmm. And all the proceeds from the fan club would go to charities. She was also responsible for planning meet and greets and doing that type of thing. Yolanda essentially became like the regional spokesperson and the connection between Selena and her fans type of thing. Apparently fan clubs were a big deal in the 90s. I think so. There was a lot of, there were a lot of things in the 90s that like, like pen pals. Mm-hmm. I had pen pals. <laughs> I didn't. Well, not like strangers. It's like people moved away and oh, yeah. type of thing. But um, I think nowadays it's like the equivalent of like social media. Oh yeah. Like liking your favorite bands. Page yeah. And... Like, you know, like how Justin Bieber had like the Beliebers and like that's like that fan group type of thing. I and... guess so. Yeah. I wasn't a Belieber. I just know it exists. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't a believer Like, different either. celebrities now, like, name their fans different things, and, like, that's a community. I think this was, like, an actual, like, in-person thing. Like how I keep trying to call our fans foodies, but I don't know if it's, like, sticking. I'm sti- I like it. I'm, I'm all about it. <laughs> what do you guys think? Do you guys like being called foodies? I think you do. I think so. You can let us know. But we're going to say you do. <laughs> I'm going to stick stick with it. Yes. I'm going to make Fetch a thing. <laughs> Stop trying to make Fetch happen. <laughs> so at this point, Yolanda had never met Selena. Mm-hmm. Now, Yolanda only talked to Selena's sister, Suzette, and she was like her point of contact whenever she needed anything. So December 1991, Yolanda finally got to meet Selena, and at this point, she started to get closer to Selena and Selena's family and the team. So by 1994... Yolanda ended up having 8,000 paying fan club members. A lot. She gave up her career as a nurse to work at the fan club and dedicated all of her time to everything Selena, basically. Fan club and whatever she needed. I couldn't imagine being so obsessed with somebody that I'd be able to run a fan club. No. I don't think so either. No. I don't. I just don't feel that way about much. Same. (laughs) But she became the full-time... Uh, president even though it was a massive pay cut because at first it was just like a voluntary type of thing yeah and now it was, i guess she was getting paid but it wasn't getting paid a lot i mean you're charging somebody eight thousand people twenty two dollars mm-hmm. a month well i also think the point of it was like the money was supposed to go to charity type of thing but uh anyway around this time yolanda moved closer to selena and essentially became her personal assistant Whatever Selena needed, Yolanda did it. Selena even said that Yolanda was the best assistant she had ever had. Aww. So during this time, Yolanda was described as being very, very loyal to Selena. Someone had even said that if Selena told her to jump, Yolanda would jump three times. Because And Yolanda even went on trips with Selena and even had keys to her house. Oh, that's a connection, I guess. Well, I guess if you think about celebrities with their personal assistants, they mm-hmm. do everything for them. Yeah. So to us, it sounds like a big red flag, but to them, it probably, like, it was I'm sure it's normal for celebrities with their assistants. Yeah, that's fair. So all that being said, 
When the conversation came up about somebody running the boutiques, Abraham suggested Yolanda. Mm -hmm. The position was offered to her, and she accepted it. So, but also keep in mind, these boutiques were highly successful million-dollar businesses. Yolanda did not have one ounce of business experience. Yolanda. She had no idea what she was doing. She was a nurse that voluntarily started a fan club. She did not have business experience. She just somehow got herself... It's all about who you know. She basically kind of just kept climbing the ranks of people, like points of contact for Selena, until she eventually got to Selena and like her like inner circle and mm-hmm. built that trust. Yeah. And I have a feeling that Selena was the type of person she cared more about trusting people and having that connection with people as mm-hmm. opposed to people with like best experience yeah. in the world. That's what it seems like. So... I feel like I'd fall into that trap if I was super famous. <laughs> I'd like, yeah, my my cousin. Sure, they can do that, <laughs> right? I don't know. I don't. I don't trust nobody. I don't know. The thing is, I don't really trust anybody to hire anybody. <laughs> we had to have a drink break. We're on the same page. Yeah. Sorry if you hear our chairs squeaking. We're still um, recording in the janky table janky table time (laughs) so september 1994 selena signed on yolanda to be her registered agent in san antonio this meant that yolanda would legally be able to sign on selena's behalf for the boutique and the fan club oh yolanda would have access to the banks and to the accounts she could even write checks on selena and her team's behalf and Selena gave her an American Express card that was intended for business expenses. Yolanda about to go ham. Mm, maybe. Mm. So it did not take long for things to start getting weird. Oh, it always gets weird. Gets a little weird. So Yolanda was like Selena's right-hand woman. Yolanda started to get very protective and controlling of Selena, so much so that people were having a harder and harder time talking to Selena. Oh. It's like you had to get through Yolanda to get to Selena. Mm. That's not what Selena wanted. No. After some time, the boutique started to lose money and accounts would basically have insufficient funds so the bills weren't getting paid. Oh, no. Not only that, but a lot of complaints started to come in about Yolanda. So Selena had hired her cousin that was named Deborah Ramirez to work at the boutiques. Selena was trying to expand the businesses into Mexico. She wanted a Mexican boutique. Mm-hmm. So she needed to expand her team. Uh, so she hired her cousin to help her out. And within a week, she quit. Yolanda. It mm. had to be. So Deborah had said that the boutiques were unorganized and poorly ran, and she found out that receipts were missing. She also found out that the employees were not required to keep any kind of sales reports. Oh. Which she thought that was a little weird, considering it's a sales position. A little suspicious. Mm -hmm. So when she tried to ask Yolanda about it, Yolanda became very rude and told her to mind her business. It is her business. That's quite literally her business that she's trying, like, she was hired on to help expand. Exactly. It is her business. (laughs) So Selena also had insurance for all the employees, Mm -hmm. which we love. But the employees were complaining that they would go to the doctors and they would be checking out, whatever, and they would be told that their insurance wasn't valid. Oh. Because the company, the insurance company hadn't been paid. Oh, no. 
complaints were coming in about Yolanda that she would just fire people at the boutique simply because that day she just didn't like them. Yolanda. It was said that the boutique went from having 38 employees to 14. That's a big drop. In... It's a, more than half. Yeah, that's, that's huge. The remaining employees would all say the same thing. Basically, when Selena and her team were around, Yolanda was the perfect boss. She was sweet. She was a great person to be around, all of that. When Selena wasn't around, Yolanda was just a mean, nasty woman. Yeah, we hate a two, two-faced mm-hmm. bitch. Bitch. So Abraham started receiving multiple complaints from the fans that had signed up for the fan club. Fan club. They said that they would pay their dues, sign up, but all they got were crickets. Oh. They had been ghosted, basically. That's unfortunate. They'd never heard a peep back. And after he starts getting more and more complaints, he's realizing, like, this isn't just a mistake. It's not a clerical error or, like, an oversight. Something's really weird going on. So he got the team, the Selena team together, and they started to investigate what was going on. The team found out that checks were being forged and money had been embezzled through the fan club and the boutique. So between the boutique and the fan club, about $60,000 was missing. That's a lot of money. Mm Mm-hmm. On March 9th of 1995, Abraham, Selena, and her sister Suzette confronted Yolanda about everything that they found. Abraham basically said that if you can't prove your innocence in this situation, you're fired and I'm contacting the police. Yeah. As he should. Yes. Abraham said that during this meeting, he presented all the evidence and Yolanda just didn't say anything. Because she's guilty. Like, he would ask questions and she would just stare at him. He said that she would be emotional at times and other times cool as ice. But she never denied anything. Because she knows what she did. She knows. He asked why the fans didn't get their merch, basically. And she said that they were just mad because they wanted everything for free and she wouldn't give it to them for free. They were paying her $22 Like they all, They literally all paid. And she just didn't give it to them. Hold on. Hold on. He said there was 8000 Yeah, like at the peak of it, it was like 8000 $176,000 a month. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is she talking about? They want shit for free. (laughs) Yolanda. Yolanda. Get your shit together. Mm Mm-hmm. Abraham also found out that Yolanda opened the bank account for the fan club under her sister's name, not Yolanda's name. And Yolanda signed her sister's names on all the checks that she forged. Yolanda, what, what what do you got going on? So when she when asked about that, Yolanda said that the bank would not let her open a bank account, but she didn't know why. My dude, you know why. I'm going to go with you did that, thinking if it was under a different name, you wouldn't get caught. There Probably. wouldn't be a record of Yolanda checks. It would be her sister's checks. Yes. So Abraham fired Yolanda, and she just abruptly left after the meeting. Abraham forbid Selena from seeing her, but Selena just didn't really agree with that. Mm. So Selena did not want to cut Yolanda off completely because she genuinely believed that she needed Yolanda. So 
That's like the toxic friendship. Yeah. So she was trying to open these boutiques in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Yolanda had become the point of contact for that. Like, she was going back and forth from Mexico to Texas to, like, open up this, these boutiques. Mm-hmm. And Yolanda was basically on all the bank accounts for the fan club, for the boutiques. She had her name kind of in every... Her hands were in all the pots. Uh. And Yolanda also had a lot of financial records in her possession because this was the 90s. Paperwork was still a thing. So she still had all of that. All the important stuff that they would need, she had it. Yeah, everything's digital now. How lucky are we? (laughs) So she knew it was going to be a huge process to get Yolanda out of the picture. And I also think that she trusted her so much. There was a lot of, like disbelief that she actually did all this so i think she was like having a little bit of glimmer of hope a little bit of doubt mm-hmm. kind of she couldn't do that it's yolanda well i, I think she knew she did it because there was proof but it was like i think she thought yolanda loves me so much and i love her so much mm-hmm. i don't think she would do anything to actually like hurt us yeah i think it was like that type of thing yeah ew so yolanda was still on the payroll after the meeting but her official termination was pending based on the retrieval of these financial documents. Mm-hmm. So, things got a little weird. I think Yolanda started to spiral a little bit in this area. I can only imagine. And I'll, t- and I'll tell you what all happened and then you'll know why. So, the day after their meeting, she showed up at the production studio and Abraham had to chase her off the lot. Mm-hmm. The same day, she called Selena and they argued on the phone. Whatever was said during that phone conversation wasn't good, because Selena's husband later said that after that phone call, Selena told him that she could no longer trust Yolanda. Oh. Selena removed Yolanda from the boutique's bank account on March 10th, 1995, and the next day Yolanda purchased a thirty-eight caliber revolver and thirty-eight caliber hollow point bullets. Yolanda, stop. So these bullets were designed to cause more extensive injuries than regular bullets. Because mm-hmm. they expand as the, as the force. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Yolanda told the sales clerk that she was an in-home nurse, which at one point was true. And she felt threatened because one of her patient's relatives threatened her. So she oh. had to protect herself. Mm-hmm. March 13th, Yolanda met with a lawyer to write up her formal resignation letter. That same day, she went to Corpus Christi and checked into the Sand and Sea Motel. Selena was in Miami during this time, but she came back the next day. And when she came back, Yolanda called her to schedule a meeting for the documents and things. But she told Selena that the traffic was so bad that they needed to meet in an abandoned parking lot 25 miles outside of Corpus Christi. Listen, traffic's never going to be so bad that you have to meet somebody in an abandoned parking Mm -hmm. lot. So, during this interaction, Selena told her that she could remain in charge of the business affairs that she had in Mexico. Okay. Yolanda showed Selena the gun, Mm. and Selena told her to get rid of it. And Selena also said that she would protect Yolanda from her father, Abraham. Personally, I think Selena knew that something suspicious and kind of bad intentions on Yolanda's part, so I think she was saying a lot of things to make sure she was getting out. Yeah. But I think overall, Yolanda got her way during that interaction, so they all just, they left the meeting, and everything was okay. Mm. 
The next day, Yolanda returned the gun and told the clerk that her father had given her a different gun, so she just didn't need it anymore. Mm, Yolanda. March 26th. She stole a perfume sample. I think Selena was, like, in the process of coming up with a perfume. Mm-hmm. So she stole the sample. And bank statements from Selena in Mexico. Oh. I think it all comes back. You'll see. So Yolanda went with Selena to a trip in Tennessee. And while there, Selena noticed that the bank, st- bank statements were missing. And told Yolanda that she had to return them as soon as they got back to Texas. Mm-hmm. Yolanda repurchased the gun Yolanda and told Selena to meet her alone in the hotel room however news of Selena came like news of Selena being in the area Mm -hmm. spread and mobs of fans just came yeah so they couldn't meet up it's for the best it's Mm. for the best March 30th Yolanda returned from a trip to Mexico and decided to check in at the Days Inn hotel she called Selena and told her that she had been raped during her trip to Mexico. Mm. And to come to her hotel alone so she could take her to come to the hotel alone <laughs> <laughs> so she could take her uh, to the hospital. Selena arrived at the hotel, but she wasn't alone. She had her husband with her and her husband waited in the car. So during this interaction, Yolanda gave Selena some bank statements. And Selena just went back in the car with her husband and went home. On the way home, Selena realized that the bank statements were wrong. It wasn't what she needed. Yolanda tried to contact her through her pager, because this was the era of pagers. We love a good pager. (laughs) She tried to page her over and over and over again, and she claimed that she was bleeding terribly from the rape, and Selena needed to take her to the hospital. Selena's husband told her that it was too late and she didn't. he did not want her to be alone with Yolanda. But what he did not realize was that Selena agreed to go back to Yolanda the next day. I just looked up a picture of Yolanda just because I got curious and she she looks Guess how old she is? She looks like she's in her like 40s. She's like 32. No way. She was like in her 30s. She wasn't that old. She got old lady face. Well, I also think that was the era where everybody dressed old. Like, once you hit, like, 30. <laughs> you Like, the Golden Girls were in their 50s, but they looked like 85. <laughs> I guess so. I guess, given the chance, I would dress like I'm in a 90s sitcom. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, there was a man named Leonard Wong. He was the man who made the perfume samples for Selena. Yeah. So, Leonard claimed that Selena told him that she would be meeting Yolanda the next day to retrieve the stolen perfume samples and also get the bank statements. Mm -hmm. The next morning, Selena went back to the hotel and took Yolanda to the hospital. The medical staff noted that Yolanda had clear signs of depression, but Yolanda told them that she was only bleeding a little bit. Only a little bit. Even though she had basically told Selena she was damn near bleeding to death. So, Selena was a little pissed. Mm-hmm. And the staff even told them that they could not examine her for the rape because it happened in a different country. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know either. Personally, and it's pretty much what everyone thinks as well, everyone's kind of on the same page that this rape never happened. Okay. It was a, a ploy to get sympathy out of Selena 
kind of prolong everything, dragging it out a little bit more. Mm -hmm. It was all sympathy. Manipulation. I'm sure the bleeding was just like minstrel bleeding. I don't think she was bleeding at all. Oh. I think it was, she was just trying to like get sympathy and pity out of Selena. Mm -hmm. Because she knew like their end was coming. She knew once. She should have just let the end happen without doing all the bullshit that she did. I think she was just dragging it out. So during the car ride home, Selena basically told Yolanda it was probably for the best that they kept some distance. Yeah. Back at the hotel, guests reported loud arguing. Selena and Yolanda were fighting, and Selena wanted her financial papers and just be done with it. Yeah. Yolanda dumped the bag, dumped her purse on the bed, which the financial papers fell out. And when she did that, Selena saw the gun that she had. Uh. Yolanda pointed the gun at Selena... Selena tried to run away, and Yolanda shot her in the back. Ugh, Yolanda. Severing an artery. Ugh, Yolanda. Selena was able to run to the lobby before basically collapsing. Yolanda had been chasing her with the gun, and people reported that she was calling her, calling Selena a bitch. Ugh. So the staff called 911, and police came, and Yolanda hid in her truck. Selena was able to say that she had been shot, and she asked the staff to lock the door so she, the, so quote unquote, she wouldn't shoot her again. Yeah. She also managed to say the name Yolanda and the numbers 158, which was the room number. Oh, okay. So ambulance arrived in one minute and 55 seconds. By the time she arrived at the hospital, she had no evidence of neurological function or vital signs, and she was declared legally brain dead. Mm. So doctors basically. The emergency room doctor kind of took it upon himself to do everything, even though she was brain dead. So doctors were able to establish an erratic heartbeat, quote unquote, that's what they called it. Yeah. Which allowed them to transfer her to the trauma room. Doctors began blood transfusions in an attempt to reestablish blood circulation. But after they had opened Selena's chest, they found massive internal bleeding. I can imagine. Her right lung had been damaged, her collarbone was shattered, and her veins were virtually empty of any blood. Mm. The artery that led from the heart had been cut in two, and they had transfused six units of blood, and basically it all bled out. Uh. After 50 minutes of doing everything possible, Selena was officially pronounced dead March 31st, 1995, at 1.05 p.m., and she was only 23 years old. She had died from blood loss and cardiac arrest. She was just a baby. She was a baby. So, three hours after her death, an autopsy was performed. They said that had the bullet been just like a millimeter higher or lower, the injuries would have been less severe, and she probably would have survived. So, Abraham got a call that someone had attacked Selena. Police said that they had the attacker in the car, but they needed Abraham there to identify her, because at that point, they didn't know who she was. He arrives on the scene to find the attacker in the vehicle surrounded by police, and he confirmed that it was Yolanda. A witness had seen her run from the run to her car with a folded towel in her arms to hide the gun, and it was believed that she would have she could have potentially planned to go to the production studio to kill Selena's family or whoever was there. Oh, jeez! Because Selena was supposed to go to the production production studio after meeting Yolanda, so she knew that their, her team was waiting for her. So police were able to get a phone to Yolanda so they could speak to her. 
In the beginning of the standoff, she kept saying over and over, I can't believe I killed my best friend. Hours later, Yolanda said that she intended to kill herself and Selena intervened. And when Selena opened the door to leave, Yolanda kind of gestured at the at Selena with the gun in her hand, kind of telling her to close the door or whatever, mm-hmm. and the gun went off, That's shooting not, Selena. That's not how it happened. No. Yolanda threatened many times in the car that she was going to kill herself, but she never did. So, in total, her and the police had a 10-hour standoff. That's excessive. 10 hours. At 9.30 p.m., she surrendered to police. Yeah, she was 30. I wrote that 32-year-old Yolanda surrendered. She was in her 30s. Jeez. Look up a picture of her. She clearly looks 45. She clearly looks like she's in her 40s, yeah. And not like a becoming 40s. <laughs> Sorry, my nosy ass. Um, no, I was taking a water break. <laughs> I uh, I pulled up autopsyfiles.org because you can find pretty much any autopsy file. <laughs> oh, can you really? Yeah. And I so I pulled up her autopsy and it was... Uh, she was shot in the back of the chest, 31.0 centimeters below the top of the head. Uh, the wound tract extending from back to front, slightly towards the right and slightly upward. And it transited the right subclavian artery and perforated the right upper pulmonary lobe. So that was about, I'm going to show show Kayla. That was about right here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had all that written down. I, th- I think I just didn't put it in, but I'm glad that you put it in. Because <laughs> I don't know what any of that means, other than it went in the back and it came out the front. That's fair. <laughs> I know where all the arteries are at. And I knew it hit an artery. <laughs> so the family decided to have an open viewing of Selena's casket for her fans, and between thirty to 40,000 people showed up to walk by the casket and show their respects. That's a lot of people. And nearly 80,000 people signed the condolences book. And she even had flowers sent from fans in the Netherlands. Aww. April 3rd, Selena had a private funeral. And this private funeral was about 600 people. That's a lot of people for a private funeral. I guess it's family and friends. And she probably had a lot of people in the industry show up, if I had to guess. I thought this was sad, though. The funeral ended up being live broadcasted on news channels without the family's knowledge or consent. Oh. Which is shitty shitty that is really shitty in the months following her death selena's graveside grave site had about twelve thousand visitors the days in where she was killed had so many visitors that the manager moved the room numbers around so the fans would have a hard time finding the room because they would just find it and like linger around yeah it's a little morbid i wouldn't want to go yeah and like they would like put like like memorabilia on the door and i guess like people were just trying to check in and use this room and i'm like they probably felt a little weird (laughs) Probably. Mm-hmm. So when Yolanda was arrested and brought back to the j- brought back to jail, she waived her right to an attorney. Her bond was initially set to a hundred thousand, but the judge was like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh," and he raised it to five hundred thousand. Fans were angry when they realized that they weren't that the state was not going to go for the death penalty. The county jail had received multiple death threats. Oh, I bet. Texas gang members were trying to raise funds to pay for her bond, strictly so she could get out of jail so they could kill her. (laughs) Which, I love it. I'm here for that. I'm here for that energy. We love community coming together. (laughs) 
the Mexican Mafia, which is a prominent gang in the Texas prison system, had multiple death threats against Yolanda and basically put a price on her head and said whoever killed Yolanda would be a hero. I agree with them. Mm-hmm. So before trial, Yolanda was under suicide watch, and apparently she had a hard time finding an attorney because any lawyer that would be willing to work with her received multiple death threats. I really, I really don't blame them. No. She doesn't deserve any kind of help. No. So she was assigned a public defender, which he didn't want it either, but he didn't have much choice. <laughs> yeah, he didn't, he didn't have an option. No. No. So on October 9th, 1995, trial began and she pled not guilty. The trial was not only covered in the U.S., but in countries all over the world. Everyone was invested on this trial. It was like that time's Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. They said it it was like on the level of like O.J. Oh, man. Like everyone was invested. Yolanda's defense claimed that the shooting was an accident. They said that Yolanda was attempting suicide and somehow in the process she accidentally shot Selena. That's not how things work. Like she had the gun to her head. I'm visually doing this, even though you can't see. Gun to her head, and she, like, moved her hand, like, gesturing, and it just went off. I'm just shaking my head. (laughs) I I can't. This woman. Prosecution called bullshit. They said that even if it was an accident, Yolanda was a nurse. She did not try to help Selena in any way. No. She didn't call 911. Selena was also shot in the back meaning that Selena wasn't facing Yolanda like they were having a conversation, Mm -hmm. which meant that she either had her back to her or she was running away. Yeah. They said that this... Sorry. They said that this murder was 100% intentional and cowardly. Agreed. Mm Mm-hmm. 100%. So during the trial, some interesting interesting tidbits came to light. Ooh, we love interesting tidbits. First off, there was a hotel member that saw the whole thing. Oh, good. So, basically, they're like, yeah, we saw Yolanda shoot Selena and called her a bitch. So, no. They had a nice witness. So, you can't say it was an accident. Because that didn't happen. No. According to him. <laughs> it was discovered that the credit card that Yolanda, that Selena gave Yolanda, Yolanda did not use for business expenses. Oh, I bet. Shocker. She used it for fancy cars, to go to nice restaurants, and live the high life on Selena's dime. Mm-mm-mm. Martin Gomez, who was a designer at the boutique, and he shared an office with Yolanda, testified. He said that she was a very angry person, manipulative, and would play mind games. He said that he would finish a piece for Selena and he would leave for the day and come back to find the piece had been destroyed. Oh, jeez. Martin and other employees had quit because of Yolanda. There was also an employee that claimed that she went to Yolanda's house to pick up a a zipper order like she had zippers come in mm-hmm. and when she went to yolanda's house it was essentially a shrine for selena pictures posters burning candles she even had a collection of selena videos that she would play for guests that's obsessive that's beyond obsessive that's yeah stalker level yeah on october 23rd 1995 after two hours of deliberation the jury found yolanda guilty of the murder and was sentenced to life in prison and she would be eligible for parole March 2025. It's coming up. It's coming up. So because of all the death threats, she is in isolation and she spends 23 hours a day alone in her cell. She deserves to sit alone in her cell. Yep. In 2002, a judge ordered that the gun used to kill Selena be destroyed and the pieces thrown into the Corpus Christi Bay. 
which a lot of people didn't like. They thought that it was like a piece of... Isn't that littering? It's court-ordered. Court-ordered littering. (laughs) So Yolanda never said why she stole from Selena or why she killed Selena. She admitted that she was a very devout fan and she loved Selena and she wanted to be like her. But she kind of played dumb and just had a lot of excuses that just didn't make a lot of sense. Mm. Like, she still kind of stands by. She didn't intentionally kill her. That's really committing to the bit. Mm-hmm. The only reasoning that prosecution came up with was that Yolanda was so obsessed with Selena that she was, in a way, trying to be like Selena. And by using Selena's credit cards and whatnot, she was trying to emulate Selena just in a em- way. embody it. Embody her. Yeah. And when Selena was trying to say goodbye, Yolanda couldn't let her go. Also, like, she was really, it was also like she was really ashamed that she disappointed Selena. Because she loved Selena so much that disappointing Selena was, like, the ultimate sin. Mm. Either way, just a crazy fan that couldn't handle that she was going to lose that connection to this person. Yeah. But despite the tragedy that ended Selena's life way too early, her legacy still continues. She's had streets and parks and auditoriums and anything you could think of named after her. Didn't Colourpop recently do a Selena? I'm going to get to that. Oh, okay. <laughs> in 1995, she was inducted into the Billboard Latin Music Hall of Fame, the Hard Rock Hall of Fame, and the South Texas Music Hall of Fame. In 2001, she was inducted into the Tejano Music Hall of Fame. In 2017, she received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and about 4,500 people showed up to the ceremony. Which was the most of anybody ever to attend for any of Saint Rony. In 1997, the Selena movie was released, which is how I knew of Selena. And over 20,000 women auditioned for the role of Selena. That's a lot. They said that they hadn't had an audition process like that since Gone with the Wind. Oh, geez. Because they couldn't find the right Scarlet for uh, Gone with the Wind. They couldn't find the right Selena. Hmm. Well, they had to be the perfect Selena. And mm-hmm. I think after, like like I said, I, I've only recently just seen this movie in the last <laughs> couple of years. So I think they picked a really good actress for yeah. her. So for anyone who hasn't seen it, Jennifer Lopez got the role. Um, and that kind of skyrocketed her career. Yeah. I think it was originally supposed to go to Salma Hayek. I don't know who that is. She's an actress. Oh, okay. That checks out. <laughs> but she's like a really big one. Um, but she didn't want to do it. So Jennifer Lopez got the role. In 2016, Mac Cosmetics. <laughs> M-A. Okay, it was Mac, wasn't it? Yes. 2016, Mac released a Selena makeup line, which became the company's best-selling celebrity makeup line they ever had. I bought lipstick from that line. Really? Did yeah. you like it? It was okay. There's... I don't like Mac Cosmetics that much. I don't think I've ever had anything from Mac. I'm too cheap. <laughs> Their eyeshadows are worth it. Really? Yeah. Personal opinion. So, Selena's legacy lives on, which I think is pretty great because I feel like when people think of Selena, they don't think of her being murdered. They think of her actual career and everything she did, Mm -hmm. which is great because I feel like when people become a victim, they don't always get remembered for everything they did. Yeah. They get remembered for the tragedy, so. Did did you see her headstone? Her headstone. Her headstone is a little... Is very... I don't know if that's what she's supposed to look like. No. She doesn't look... It doesn't do her justice. No. It doesn't. Oh, I guess we'll put the headstone in the on the Instagram. That way you guys can see it. But it's very... It's like a basically a head bust. It's very detailed. It's very detailed. I'm sure it's very expensive. Oh, I'm sure. But... 
So that was the murder of Selena. May she rest in peace. Rest in peace. Gone too soon. I think she probably would have been like a huge iconic person had she been, oh. because she already was. Absolutely. But anyway, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>